You are listening to the Versus Node replay here on GamerNode.com. Hello and welcome to the May 2010 edition, the first edition of the Versus Node Replay, where we recap the month behind us. I am your host, Associate Editor, editor Jason Finelli, who cannot speak today, apparently, with the Editor-in-Chief, Eddie R. Inzotto. How are you today, Eddie? I'm doing very well. Glad to hear that. And two of our more frequent writers, Dan Crabtree. How's it going over there, Dan? It's going real good. How about yourself? Can't complain. It's a little hot today, but other than that, I can't complain. That is true. And Mike Murphy up there in White Plains, New York. How goes, Mike? I'm pretty good, Jason. Pretty good. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Now, Eddie, if you could explain in more detail what this new versus node replay format is. Okay. So versus node replay is a new, I guess, feature of the versus node podcast as a whole, where at the end of each month, we'll go back and take a look at all the games that we've been playing, so we can give maybe a little bit more in-detail description or anecdotal tales about our experiences with all these little games, you know, all the little nuances, and, you know, share share with each other, bounce ideas off of each other about what we thought and what we felt, um, just to give a little follow-up on our normal review coverage, and uh, just to talk and kind of hang out. Yeah. You know, it's a bunch of guys talking about video games. I like some hanging out. Yeah. Sounds about right. All right. All right. Here is a list of all the major titles that came out in May off the top of my head. May 4th, Dimension 2 for the DS. May 4th was a slow day. May 11th <laughs> was Skate 3, Lost Planet 2, 3D.GameHeroes. May 18th, the biggest day of the month, and what could possibly turn out to be the biggest day of the year. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Alan Wake, Red Dead Redemption, Prince of Persia, Forgotten Sands, split second. May 23rd, this past Sunday, was Super Mario Galaxy 2. And May 25th was UFC 2010, Mod Nation Racers for the PS3 crowd, and Blur, which is Mario Kart on steroids, at least from their advertising campaign. <laughs> I'm going to start right. with... Dan. Daniel, All what right. have you been playing from this month? Well, I actually just hit the submit button on my Super Mario Galaxy 2 review. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. responsibility. So it should be up soon, I guess. Um, that, that was a really awesome game. I really enjoyed it. Um, not very different from the first Galaxy, but I don't think that's a bad thing because I like that one also. You got Yoshi in this one. That's always a, that's a plus, right? A little yeah. dinosaur action in there. Um, there's 241 stars in total, um, which I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure, I guess, that that's the most stars that they've had in a single Mario <laughs> game ever. Um, cause it's just like you, you do like the normal 120, which is pretty standard Mario stuff. And then they're like, wait, go back and do it all again, except try to find these hidden stars that what? Are for, for some reason. So yeah, that's. Wow. That's what that's about. And then they have like a, a bonus world at the end that's sort of a, I, I guess, a nod to tradition in the Mario games. And there's a lot of like 2D segments and uh, a bunch of gravity puzzles and things like that. 
it's it's about what you would expect from a Mario game, but I would say that's a good thing. So when you say 241 different stars, it's not like the first Mario Galaxy where you did it all, all as Mario and then do it all as Luigi. It's 241 different stars with different um, requirements? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like there's the 120 that you do originally, and those are all different. And then they throw out, and they're like, oh, there's all these green stars. I don't know why they're green, but I guess we're going, you know, EPA on us over here. So they're all green stars, and then uh, they're hidden throughout the levels in different places where you wouldn't normally think to look, I guess. Wow. Yeah, I I have a lot to look forward to. (laughs) I started playing uh, yesterday or two days ago, something like that, and... I was having a lot of fun, and I didn't want to put it down, but I really wanted to try Red Dead Redemption before we got on the show. But I was – the things that struck me was were that it seems like they filled out a lot more um, different little things you can do, like, I don't know, the, the different suits and uh, the drill thing. I mean, this is just from the, the first – "Quote unquote world." I don't know why they call it world and not like universe or something. But um, it seems like there's going to be a lot more of those sorts of things to vary the experience. And also, they're they're limiting the number of stars per galaxy. So does that mean that there are just a whole lot more galaxies? Because remember the the last Super Mario Galaxy, each one had about was it like four or five stars? Between between like three and five, maybe. And yeah. now a lot of them seem to have two. Does that continue for the rest of the game? It does, yeah. I, I mean, you'll come back and, like, the prankster comments will come and get you, and then there will be another one in there. But um, aside from that, I, I think the effect that that has is it really just keeps the game moving. Yeah. Um, so you, you don't feel like you are just plodding through this one, uh, you know, one galaxy for hours and hours and hours, which, I don't know, I guess there's a positive and negative to that, but I, I thought it was a good thing it kept it moving. Um, other thing about it is the game, like the main game ends after 70 stars mm-hmm. and then you, you know, get to the last level and you do that. So if you wanted to, you could be done with the whole thing in, you know, 20, 23 hours, something like that. All right. And you mentioned like the nod to older games. They also changed up the way that you access the levels in this one. It's more like they did in New Super Mario Brothers or, you know, Super Mario 3 or Super Mario World, where it's just nodes on a map, basically, and you get to new levels by completing previous ones. So do do you feel like, um, you said it, it keeps you moving, but do you feel like it in any way can limit the joy of exploring a particular galaxy? Or do you think it's better that it mixes it up so much? Um, I would say it, I would say it could go both ways. I, personally, for me, uh, they, well, one thing that they did in addition to that is they limited the hub world. Um, mm-hmm. Like in the previous one, it was kind of a big space station area, and there's some secrets and things to find. In this particular one, it's kind of just a small little like one planet kind of deal. Um, so you, you really wouldn't spend very much time on there. Um, you can like do gambling with um, some stars who are teaching, awesome. teaching kids to gamble. Yes. Yeah, yes. You can do that, Woo. which is good. <laughs> but, um, aside from that, there's really not much to do in the hub world. And then when you're in the uh, very linear sort of sideways scrolling uh, level selection part, there's nothing really to do there either. Aside from just go there 
Um, so I, I think the effect that that had on me was it, it made me focus more on the actual levels as opposed to, um, you know, like Super Mario 64, I remember spending hours and hours just like jumping around that castle, like looking for uh, whatever it was that I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I guess that's just a limited uh, in this game. You were obviously looking for crack because I mean Nintendo's going going with gambling. So yeah, we've actually we, they've been they've been doing they've been uh, advocating gambling for a while now. If you remember Super Mario RPG, um, you could bet uh, Yoshi cookies on the Yoshi races. Yeah. Oh man, oh man, let's accuse, let's accuse Nintendo of advocating gambling a little. That's why I lose so money, so much money at the casino. Well, to be fair, to be fair, there is a toad on the um, on the main Mario starship that acts as a bank, right? And if you put your little star bits in there, doesn't he give you interest? That's true. Yeah, that's really that's so. It's like two opposites. This is really interesting um, because you need star bits like in the main hub world in order to feed stars who will turn into bigger stars or Mm -hmm. planets. They, They had the same thing in the last game. (laughs) <laughs> and basically, if you store it up with this one toad, he will get more um, nerd equipment. For example, he gets a clipboard and he gets some glasses. The more stars that you give him, like I think at a thousand stars, he gets the glasses. And then he's like, these glasses are really nice. And then you earn more interest on the stars that you keep with him. So it's also teaching people, I guess, financial responsibility. <laughs> So when did yes. he get arrested? When did he get arrested for fraud, corruption, and insider trading? <laughs> oh, <man. coughs> Another question: the banker toad is he like the responsible suit and tie type guy? And the gambling toad is he in like the 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 velour suit with the zipper down? You can see his hairy chest <laughs> chain. Does he have like a three card money table in front of him? Yeah, yeah. Because that would be sick. No, they're hiding out in the engine room, so you got to go down into the. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that is great, Mike. Now that Dan has pretty much given us the lowdown on Super Mario Galaxy Two, what may I ask is your favorite game of the month, or the one that you've been spending the most time on? Um, it's uh, it's close between two different games. Uh, I did a review about a week ago, uh, or two weeks ago for uh, Skate Three. I spent a lot of time with, which was a lot of fun, and I've also been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I just started Red Dead Redemption today too. I actually I, I dabbled a little bit too, but Mike, tell me a little bit about Skate Three. Um, are you are you a uh, are you a skate connoisseur? Have you played one and two? Uh, I played one for like a couple of hours, and I really enjoyed what I uh, what I played. It was like the most realistic. Uh, most realistic skateboarding game I'd ever played. And two kind of passed me by without me noticing. But uh, I really wanted to pick up three. And uh, it still is, hands down, the most realistic skateboarding game um, out on the market right now. Uh, basically, you, uh, you can do flip tricks, grinds, manuals, go off ramps, uh, do uh, grabs. But it's all like within like realistic physics. You're not gonna do uh, be like in Tony Hawk where you got enough momentum and you go off a ramp, you can pull off a Christ Air into a 900 and like grind along the entire top of a ramp before doing another 360 into a manual. But isn't that like, fun? 
<laughs> Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to be the most superhuman skater ever? <laughs> kind of, but at the same time, I also like it. Uh, it also loses its sense of realism and right. Realism. You lose a feel of actually like being a, being a skater and like knowing what it's like to actually like skate on a skateboard if you lack skill to actually do it in real life, like I do. Right. Well, that's what the skate series is known for. Really, is is not only the difficulty with the you know flip stick. Uh, joysticks, but the the realism to it. Mm-hmm. Although, speaking of realism in skate, have you unlocked um, Isaac Clark in Skate Three, or did you know that you could get Isaac Clark in Skate Three? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dead skate. That. <laughs> <laughs> That I criticized though in Skate Three, not not in terribly, but uh, is that with uh with the Skate series and I've a lot in Skate Three, from what I've noticed, uh, the controls in order to give realism, the controls can be really difficult and tough to pull off, like especially with the analog sticks, because it'll be like you can hit back on the analog stick and then dia- like forward right to do like a kickflip, and you have to do that to like. You can own a challenge, which is just beating it regularly, or kill it. And to kill it, you have to do, like, certain tricks. There's some flip tricks where it's like, okay, press back and go diagonal. And you'll hit that, but because the joystick's so sensitive, be like, oh, you did a swooping motion, so you do this trick. So you'll be sitting there for, like, ten, five, ten minutes, be like, no, I want to do a kickflip, not a pop. It gets a little frustrating. And, um, but, like, it, it's still fun. I, it's, it doesn't get frustrating enough to where you want to, like, put the game down and, like, walk away. Do they still have um? Do they have celebrities in Skate Three still? I mean, they had like Rob Deerdick in Skate Two. Yeah, they, yeah, they have a lot of uh, pro skaters in the game, and like the most notable face, which I love the way they implemented him in this game, was they had Jason Lee as his uh, coach Frank persona in the game. Oh yeah, he ran the Skate School, which is basically the game's tutorials. Which, if you don't know how to how the controls work in Skate Three. I strongly recommend you do the skate school challenges because they will make the game so much easier to play. And you also are treated to plenty of, like, comic relief from Jason Lee. You mean, like, My Name is Earl you know, Jason played... Lee, right? Yeah, that that Jason Lee. Okay. Sure. He um... was also a pro skater at one point. Yes, he was. <laughs> right. That makes sense. I played the um, demo at one point, and I'd, I remember thinking, I was like, you know, that sounds a lot like that guy from My Name is Earl, or whatever else he was in. Dogma. Uh-huh. Dogma? Yeah. yeah Dogma. Every Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith. Uh-huh. Um, there's one thing that something should t- someone should take from a video game to real life. Of course, you would need guys like the Jackass guys to do this. I would love to see a real-life Hall of Meat. Because, oh, yes. Man, that is fun to watch. The Hall of Meat is just... That's probably one of the, my favorite things to do in the skate games. Is just like I, I had a friend over and I'm like, "Oh, you wanna you wanna see what the best thing about this game is?" And I go up to like these awnings on top of the like on top of this like city park or like to this bridge and I'll and I'll I'd enter the challenge and I'll be like, "Watch this!" And I just bail myself out and hit like like uh, hit different railings and send my body flailing and. <laughs> Hear the bones crunching and seeing the and just seeing the score go up every time my skull cracks. There's just a little part of me inside is <laughs> <it's> happy. <sighs> Ouch. 
All right, Eddie, we've heard Skate 3, we've heard Mario Galaxy 2. What is the game that sticks out to you? Oh, man. Um, well, I played a lot of stuff. But the the one that I was looking forward to the most, I guess, uh, would have been Alan Wake. Because they had it in development for however many years, seven, six, seven years, and then unleashed it. And uh, I guess no one really knew how it was going to be received. Um, and they tried to do a strong... Um, Stephen King type narrative with like a meta narrative in it and uh, rely on that and I don't know I I think it worked well I, I was really into it but then I kind of got frustrated because I kept coming up with all of these possibilities for metaphor in the game and then the game sort of said nope that's wrong and and I would try to come up with something else and it I don't know. People have described the show Lost like oh. that, like like constantly making it seem like there's some sort of reasonable conclusion and then totally obliterating anything you thought about it before. <laughs> they, and, they did that. They did that in the last ten minutes of the show on Sunday night. It ended on Sunday night. Yep. Yeah, and, and we had a huge party here. There should be pictures on Facebook eventually. <laughs> um, and we watched the entire show, but the last five minutes of that show were so polarizing it, it was uh-huh. unlike anything i'd ever experienced it was it was it was great so would you would you say that um alan wake could be that polarizing or is it just a little bit frustrating well the ending in particular um could be i i don't know i i was a little frustrated by the ending myself although i thought the game as a whole was really solid um but yeah i'm sure there are people who could who could play and be like, oh man, I just, I want more and I love it for that. Um, but I, I wanted at least some sort of explanation. I feel like the game was just, um, unnecessarily, um, misleading and confusing and vague. Uh, wasn't, um, wasn't the ending, I remember hearing something at the ending of the game, like, wasn't supposed to be like a real full ending. It was only supposed to be like, they were. They said we're treating Alan Wake the first game as season one, right? The TV show, and we're gonna have, and then when we have other games or DLC come out, that's gonna continue on from the end of the first game. And that's gonna be like season two and season three. Right. Well, yeah. The plan was for this. It's actually organized into episodes and presented as a season, and then they have the second one, which is going to continue. But the DLC is meant to flesh out what's already happened in the story so far and help lead into the second season as well, along with everything that we've already seen. So, yeah, I mean, it was intentional in in that regard. But I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Previously on Alan Wake. Yeah, previously on Alan (laughs) Wake. It was sort of uh, troubling to try to conclusively determine my feelings for the game, so I guess I guess there's something to say for that. Uh, I don't know, just the way that it affected me. How, how did you feel about the gameplay mechanics of you know the light and having to shoot people with light and all that? Did you feel that was like effective or? Yeah, that that I thought was very cool. Um, so. You can't actually hurt your enemies in Alan Wake. Um, they're enshrouded in darkness, and I'll just leave that 
alone right there and basically your big weapon is light and light protects you and light hurts your enemies so you always have the flashlight which doubles as your aiming reticle which is uh, cleverly implemented i think and um that will make your enemies vulnerable after a certain um exposure to the light and then you can finally shoot them but like your your most powerful weapons end up being the the flare gun which is the equivalent to like a grenade launcher in a normal game or the flashbang which is equivalent to like a, an actual grenade so those kill enemies really quickly and uh it was it was very interesting like i hadn't seen that done before and i thought that it was effective and i enjoyed all the combat the only thing that was bothersome was how many times i got hit in the back but i mean i guess I guess you would get hit in the back if you're getting attacked by a bunch of guys. They won't line up in front of you, right? Right. Very true. Um, I, I assume when you say you're leaving that alone, that you find out why they're enshrouded in dark. Yeah, I mean, there's it's part of the whole story. Okay. So just in yeah. case. Just that in was case my. That was actually my most forward, like the game I was looking most forward to this month. Um, and then I find out Red Dead Redemption is automatically being talked about as game of the year. What? So yeah, would you yeah. believe it? People oh, like, wow. like I I work for a certain gaming retailer that I will not mention in fear of getting fired. Um, we sold out three times. Wow, wow, both systems three times, and every time we get restocked, like we got we got restocked yesterday, and we were down to our last five or six by the time I closed. Yeah, I actually remember when I picked it up uh, last week. I picked it up on the Wednesday. And I picked up my pre-order, and he said, and the guy who got it for me told me that it was the last copy in the store. Yeah, selling like crazy. Man, um, Rockstar just knows how to sell games. They do. Well, yeah. and they know how to make them too. Yeah, they know how to make them too. I got, I, like, I'm not a big open world type dude. I'm mm-hmm. really not. But man, is that online fun? Oh, I haven't gotten online yet. Oh God, oh man, and that's why you don't understand. That's why you don't agree with me. When you get online and you're, well, first of all, the first time you get online, it's going to be embarrassing. Like it was for me, where the people I played with who have been playing for like a couple of days were like level ten and eleven, and they're on their awesome steeds and they're running around like crazy. <laughs> and when and when you first start out, you call your you call your steed, you whistle. And here comes a friggin' mule. Yes. <laughs> friggin' pack mule, and he stops next to you. And you just look at him like, are you, are you goddamn kidding me? Uh, El Buno! El Buno! So then you get on the burrow, or the, the mule, and you start riding around. And as you level up, you get yourself a horse. The first horse you get is a bit of a retard. <laughs> um, but eventually you'll build up, build up, build up, build up. But, yeah, the online, it's awesome. My, my buddies and I were uh, killing a bear. Some bear decided he wanted to mess with us, and we killed the bear. I got the last nice. shot on him. And then as soon as I got the last shot, I walked over to the bear and I died. And my guy, my buddy starts laughing. I'm like, what the hell are you laughing at? He's like, dude, the bear was not alone. There was another bear. He <laughs> <laughs> just blew me away. Just boom. The only no, problem it's... with that is bears are one-hit kills. They, they hit you, you're dead. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's, that's awfully realistic. Bears are pretty vicious, man. They are vicious. Goddamn bears. Um, but <laughs> speaking of bears and big things, I think my game of the month – is well, I'm a fan of this anyway. Is UFC 2010? And there are bears in that? No, they're, they're men. <laughs> <laughs> men who are like bears. 
right. and who have wrestled bears, I'm sure. I I was a big I'm a big fan of UFC period, but I was a big fan of 09. My only complaints about it were that the ground game was much too hard, mm-hmm. the transitions were much too hard, and the submissions were much too hard to achieve. The entire time I owned 2009, I had not won by submission, and I had never gotten to full mount stance, which if if you know your UFC means you are over, you've passed the guard and your legs are over hit, around the guy's waist in such a way that you're basically uninhibited. You can do whatever and you want. And punching him in the face repeatedly. Repeatedly. <laughs> in this game already in the, what what is it, like 10 days since I've gotten the review copies, mm-hmm. I've won by submission five times. And I've gotten to full mount in every every time I've tried. Nice. So it's a lot easier it's a, it's not like how mike was saying skate three's controls you'll want to do one thing and it'll say you'll do another a lot fewer instances of that in 2010 the um most notably the one that where it does happen is when you're in the full mount and you want to posture up uh-huh. and you'll do the motion to posture up and somehow for some reason you'll gotta go back to side control okay. for whatever reason i don't understand that but as far as the game goes they've added a whole lot more to the like a whole lot more variety in what you can do. The uh, event mode where you can make your own pay-per-view or download the current pay-per-view coming up. The um, the career mode is completely refreshed with brand new attributes and stuff like that. The um, oh, shit. the online is better. There's online fight games, which are technically online guilds or clans. And you can basically make fight clans and you can challenge other clans, start a huge clan war, whatever you want to call it. I find myself enjoying it a whole lot more than last year's game. So I'm I'm really glad that the uh, the transitioning and stuff is actually a lot better in UFC because that was a big problem for me. Also, you said you didn't get any submissions back in 2009, and None. I don't think I did either. Um, so it was annoying because I would always get submitted by the by the uh, other people. Yeah, what they did add in this one is they took a page out of Fight Night's book, and you actually, if you wish, you can look at the health and stamina bar as you're fighting. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in a submission, as you're going for the submission, the stamina bars decrease rapidly. And whichever one decreases first is what happens. So if the guy applying the submission, if his uh, stamina decreases first, the opponent will break out. But oh. if the opponent breaks, uh, depletes first, he'll get him. Cool. And it's so there's not feedback. Like, yeah, and it's that, not that was like, a big problem. There was and no it's not feedback. like in o, in 09, there were like the three stages. There was the first stage where you had to twirl to apply, and then if you got past that, you had to keep twirling, and then when you got to the third part, you had to mash the buttons for them to submit. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's you know if you get it, you get it. It's right. there. Um, I also like that you can switch between submissions. Like if you're if you're going for a submission and the opponent is doing a good job of blocking it, you can hold the left bumper and do a transition move, and you'll go to a different type of submission. So for example, if you go for the the shoulder lock, the Kimura, where you mm-hmm. put their arm behind their their back, but they but they are able to bring their arms up and lock them in front of their chest, you can press the bumper and do a transition, and you'll actually kick their other arm out and try for an arm bar. bar. Nice. Very, very cool in that sense. Not to mention, every time you do a match, it's like you're watching the real UFC. Like, if you make your own pay-per-view and start the pay-per-view, they do the entire opening movie with the, the if you ever watched it, with the, the guy in the Greek armor 
do a throw in the sand. They have all the music. They have all the commentary, all the presentation, all of it. It's tremendous. Even Joe Rogan with the post-fight interview. But I could talk about that all day. (laughs) We should play it after the podcast. Yes, we should. Oh, that reminds me. Um, If you buy a brand-new copy, make sure you – if you want to play me online, make sure you activate it with the code on the back of the manual. Otherwise, they'll try and make you pay five bucks. Um, but yeah, that, that's a different discussion for a different day. A new Prince of Persia came out this month too. Did any yes. of you guys play uh, the Forgotten Sands? No. No. Oh. Oh, victim of circumstance. <laughs> like I said, it came out. It came out on what could be the biggest gaming day of the year. Yeah. Exactly. 2010. Which I, doesn't mean I won't go back and try it. The demo we saw at PAX East was pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I played it, and I liked it a lot. Um, it, it had good, complex, and uh, really enjoyable platforming, which is like the star of that game. Um, yeah. And the the combat was it was fast paced. I guess it was sort of um, like an answer to people who said that Assassin's Creed had uh, combat that was too slow, too much waiting, too much counter attacking. It's really like the antithesis to Assassin's Creed. You know, it's a it's a fully directed, linear you know, down this tunnel of narrative and gameplay sort of experience, and it's got this really fast-paced combat, whereas Assassin's Creed, Ubisoft Montreal's other same sort of game, is totally open world, and it has the different sort of combat. But both of them work well, and I really enjoyed uh, The Forgotten Sands. It was like taking me back to 2002 or whenever it was when Sands of Time came out. It's a lot. Mu- it's much more like that than the new game. Speaking of Assassin's Creed, did you download the first costume free costume pack where you could be Ezio? No, I didn't. Yeah, that that was released. I think this week, Monday or Tuesday. I don't know if I will because I remember in the 2008 game they had uh, Altair and they had the original Prince and they just looked strange. <laughs> that that might have been because of the art style though. Yeah, maybe. Wait, Prince of Persia game came out in 2008. I thought we were all supposed to forget about that. Uh, no, uh, some people. I, I mean, it did. It yeah, yeah. Some people really preferred it, and it did a lot of good things. I mean, it changed up the way we look at a Prince of Persia game, and it also added a, a like a unique sort of original story. I thought it was one of, art, one of the most artistically beautiful games I'd ever played. Yeah. You can give me all the art beauty in the world, but um, orbs. Orbs. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it was a little annoying. Didn't bother me too much, though. I thought the the Assassin's Creed flag fetch quests were bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but mm. they were optional. True. Yeah. Nobody else a huge fan of Elica. I feel like she was the. the oh, real she was cool. Part yeah, of that game. She was cool because I. Never she was died. the coolest part of that game. No, I didn't like Elica. All right, you know what, Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, didn't like Elica. I mean, it's a yeah, simple well, like that. Great. Oh wait. No, no, but I mean, like, I don't know. I I much prefer the time reversal mechanic because it doesn't reset your whole platforming sequence. It's something that you can use to fix a minor mistake in the middle, and it eventually runs out. With with Prince of Persia 2008, it almost felt like I wasn't playing the game, but just like tapping buttons as I watched it happen. You know, instead of actually controlling the game. And I think that's something that the new Prince of Persia does better, is that it lets you feel like you're actually in control of what's going on, and it 
you know, challenges you to, to be successful. I don't know. True. You guys should play it though. Good game. Even Sinan Kaba of, uh, the Big Red Potion podcast likes it, and he's a Ubisoft Montreal hater. <laughs> he is a hater. He doesn't like it. I remember the whole Assassin's Creed 2 conversation we had with, with Dear Kaba. Um, anybody gonna play the Racers that came out this, this month? You have, uh, three choices. You have Split Second, which sounds like a racer with Modern Warfare killstreaks. You have, <laughs> Uh, Mario Kart on steroids, aka Blur, uh, like I mentioned earlier, and you have Mod Nation Racers, which is the little big planet of the kart racing, which I bought. I just haven't had a chance to play yet. Um, Dan, let's start with you. Are you a racer? I mean, I would love to play any of those, uh, but pretty usual. I am very <laughs> poor. <laughs> <laughs> and with all yeah. of the other, like, it's really just it's unfortunate timing. If those had come out, you know, in a real slow month, then I'd be all over it. Um, I think the one that I'm waiting for, and I wouldn't necessarily say this is a racer, um, but it, well, and also I'm not even sure that it's coming out on live. I think it might just be PSN, but um, Joe Danger, have you heard of that? I've or, seen, I've seen oh. brief video of it. Yeah, it's like a, like a newer kind of excite bike type. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, that'll probably be the next one I get. I would obviously love to, but I think if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Blur. That looks like it would be the most interesting and most fun to play. But how about you, Mike? Are you uh, are you a racer? Or are you going to stick to the skating? Like uh, like Dan said, I would have picked up uh, Blur or Split Second, but I mean, it just came out at a bad time. Like I am, I'm really backed up on games, and I've been spending a lot of money on them lately. I still haven't beaten Final Fantasy 13. I'm still I'm a, haven't beaten. Uh, Red Dead Redemption yet. I haven't even started on Wake. And uh, God of War 3 has been waiting on me for about two or three months now. Man. Really? Yeah. You guys, you just have to go outside and break a couple of pots, and then, you know, money will just fall out or run into some trees and have it fall out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what we have to learn to do. I mean, video games taught us that, right? I just got loading brick blocks and headbutt them by jumping at them. Yeah. If we're going to take it a step further, let's go beat up a hooker. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, let's not, let's not do that. <laughs> Redhead style, loot some bodies. That's the way to yeah. go. Yeah. Go hunting, I guess. Some Are you beers. a racer, Edward? Like um, well, I, I plan to try out Mod Nation Racers sometime very soon. Um, I'm, I'm into the, I'm more into kart racing, I guess. Or I used to be. But I tried out Blur last year at E3, and that seemed cool. I hear you. I uh, I, I was in the beta for Blur. I uh, got an invite somehow. I don't even remember. I played maybe three races of it, and I was like, it's it's exactly how they're marketing it, and how I said before, it's mar- it's 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 racing with real real looking cars, real souped up street racing cars, but you can pick up uh, items and use them. They yeah, it have, was really intense. They have yeah the red shell or the missile. They yeah, the, the the mushroom or the speed boost. They have the shunt or the banana peel. They have it all. And right. It's 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 essentially a big boy Mario Kart, which could be good, which could be very good. But I was much more appealed to the idea of creating my own stuff in Mod Nation Racers. Um, yeah. It's like the little big planet whole that whole appeal. Yeah, it really is. Uh, when you buy a brand new copy of Mod Nation Racers, your your thank you for buying brand new is Sackboy. Oh, nice. You get a code for Sackboy and his own little cart just for 
typing um, just for buying new. But yeah, so there's it's it's amazing that we've all played as many games as we have in the month of May, and yet we have missed so many as well. Um, I've said it before, unless the holidays are really stacked like they were last year, May could very well end up being the best month of the year. Even going through the games that we went through for May, there's still plenty of other stuff in between. Like, I played... Uh, 3D dot game heroes, which I was looking forward to forever, and we didn't even get to that. And that that was a cool game. It was like the original Zelda. Did you guys even know that that happened? Yeah, <laughs> you I, may? Yeah, I yeah, definitely. Yeah. I got, that was that was the beauty of the month. We yeah. Had all that to talk about, and we even forgot one of the coolest games of the month. Um, Dino Clash Ultimate Edition. Right. I would like to play that. <laughs> it it been, is really interesting, but I've been waiting to play Xeno Clash since the original one came out on the PC, and I just haven't gotten to it. The world seems so cool and disturbed. Yeah, I was reading your review, Dan, and the only uh, the only word that came to mind was clusterfuck. Is that accurate? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except, except it's more bizarre than that. Even it's. Wow. Uh, it's yeah, it's pretty much what Eddie said. It's it's the the environment and the characters are just really disturbed and twisted looking. Uh, like the the whole point of the game is you're going after this character that's called Father Mother, which is sort of like a vulture that carries babies inside its ribs. Um, so I mean, if that that's tells you anything, yeah, <laughs> if that tells you anything, this thing is a real mind trip. So, but I mean, if if you want to have your mind blown by uh, the most bizarre video game environment you've ever seen. I do. I mean, I do. I Definitely. It's all about the the game world. Actually, we didn't even talk much about uh, Red Dead Redemption, which sort of survives on its world. Like, most of the Rockstar games yeah. lately, the, the open world games, they survive on their world. Like, Mike, you said you played a lot of it, right? Yeah, I did. I've I've spent more time actually playing just uh, bounty hunter quests and just hunting animals and doing stranger missions and actually playing the story itself. It's really fun. I've actually had a lot of fun with it. It feels very much like Grand Theft Auto 4, but at the same time, it's got its own little elements. Um, I like I like how a lot of the travelers also have like a mind of their own. There was one time I was riding riding around in the wilderness, and all of a sudden. I saw this guy running away from his horse, and I thought he was getting chased or something, so I went to see what he was doing. He simply ran behind a rock and took a piss. <laughs> he had a yellow animated stream going onto the rock. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I was approaching a guy who was like, help me, help me, give me a ride back, and then he just jacked me for my horse, so I shot him in the back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like that, how... I feel like in Red Dead Redemption so far, I mean, I haven't played much. I played today, basically. But it seems like a lot of the missions are just not forced upon you. You just find them. Like, you discover the missions a lot more than you would in a GTA game where everything is pretty much pinpointed and directed for you. Um, did you feel that way? Like, there was more exploration of the world and, and a little bit more discovery and freedom as your, like, lone rider through the wilderness? Yeah, definitely. I, um, 
I feel like, I, like I've said, I've spent most of the time just being like, okay, I know the missions are there, and they can mm-hmm. be done. But, like, I want to do the hideout, and I can do that hideout, or there's a bounty going on, there's a bounty being offered right now in this town, and I can do that, or I want to go play horseshoes, or cheat at poker, and win lots of money, or I just want to ride around and uh, kill cougars and, coyo- and coyotes and stab wolves, and, like, you can do all that stuff, and Really, the missions are just kind of there. There's some hideouts I've found that, like, you do have to do story missions in order to do, and other stuff doesn't get unlocked until you progress in the story. But really, I could I could swear I've spent a good, like, probably 15, 20 hours just completely ignoring the story and just doing my own thing, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. Right. Have you, have you actually played Horseshoes? I have. Yes. Yeah, I just did that. That, that was a little mundane. Uh, <laughs> was that was a little sick. annoying. Yeah. I got into it, and then it was like, you have to get like uh, 11 or 12 points or something like that, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be like 20 minutes of my life. I don't know why I wasn't just like, oh, I'll exit this. I, I actually felt like I had to finish it, but for yeah. whatever. You don't rage I quit. I simply <laughs> kept at it because I wanted the ringer achievement, because I'm a bit of an achievement whore, and because uh, you have to beat the guy in at the ranch in a game of horseshoes as part of one of the unlock pieces for one of the outfits. Right. Yes, I just did that one. For a dollar. I bet a dollar. <laughs> yeah. I was betting five dollars originally against him and he was kicking my ass and I finally decided to bet one dollar and he decided to suck. Yeah. He was betting less money. That was good. <laughs> the only way to win. I felt I felt the mundane um, feeling when I was trying to play Texas Hold'em in the game. I was like, "Oh, this has got to end. Quit." Yeah, <laughs> I just I just quit and got up. I was like, "Forget this. You can keep the rest of my money." I wonder if it's going to be the same feeling I'm going to feel when I played the actual like Texas Hold'em games on <laughs> assorted consoles. It depends how much you this. love Texas Hold'em, I guess. Yeah, and it's not even that. You're not betting real money, so you're a little more careless. Right. You're betting, so it doesn't even. You'll never be able to replicate Texas Hold'em in a casino unless they're actually losing money. Where you're having a heart attack with a, and a panic attack with every uh, flop. Right. Well, the good oh. thing about uh, about poker, about uh, um, Texas Hold'em in uh, Red Dead Redemption is that once you get the elegant suit, if you don't want to play poker but you want to get into a lot of duels, just cheat and get caught. Yes. I'm doing and people it. will get pissed off at you, and then you can shoot them in the middle of the town square. Nice. That sounds great. You know what? I think so far from playing Red Dead, and again, I'm still very early on, but it feels to me like uh, Rockstar San Diego took a lot of influence not only from the general style of Grand Theft Auto games and you know the, the cinematics of it all and the presentation, but also a little bit from the way that the worlds are set up in Bethesda games. Uh, do you guys feel that like that at all? You know, like like Fallout. Maybe the freedom and the depth, I guess, of the world. I don't know if those are the right words. Maybe just uh, the fact that you have to really explore the world mm-hmm. as opposed to just being surrounded by it because in something like gta 4 a lot was going on but not so much of it was truly interactive 
whereas um, in in Red Dead you have the towns; they each have their individual establishments, and you you interact with a lot more of these stranger characters and things like that. And you have like these little quests. Yeah, yeah I would I would agree with that. I would say as would I. Similar. I, I I guess it also kind of feels like the capital wasteland because it's less settled than yeah. the city. You know, there's there's more of that open ground that you just got to cover sometimes. It could just be that. It could just be the <laughs> the placement of civilization among the wilderness. I just like that it it seems like a like a living, breathing, thriving representation of the Wild West. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it does, just put, yes. it just it just doesn't put you in a like a, a like you know it's a simulation. Like you'll see people riding as you're riding. You'll see like people like a guy getting arrested by the marshal. You'll see right. you know like animals wow. all over the place. You look up, there's a bird. You look over, there's a coyote chasing you. Yeah, I like I like that it just seems alive. Yeah, and dangerous yes. too. Yes, yes, like, exactly. It is the wild west. And that, that's actually something I was just talking about with someone, was that a lot of your time spent in Rockstar games is acting as a messenger, and sometimes it doesn't work because you're in a place where it seems like anyone could do what you're doing, and like it's just um, busy work. But in, in a Western setting, in this particular time period, you're playing as a character who actually is one of the few people who has the means to travel the long distances between safety and who can protect himself out in the middle of the this danger. So it just the mission structure even if it's not entirely removed from your general okay go here do this um messenger sort of of missions it feels more right to me. Yes. Agreed. I agree. I absolutely agree. <laughs> I think I think Rockstar finally finally pulled off something that a lot of a lot of my a lot of gamers myself included have been wanting for a long time and that's pull off a successful western video game. Right. Are you a big so, fan of westerns like movies? I'm not a huge fan but I've always wanted a western game to work and I remember when um when Gun came out back on the Xbox and hey, Gun was uh, good. It was just short. It was good. But I felt it was short. It was too, the narrative was too directive. It didn't have that classic Western feel, and you. I felt more boxed in in that world. The world didn't feel that big, and you were like surrounded by canyons, I believe, like everywhere, and the world didn't feel as alive as it does in Red Dead. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the the other Western games just didn't put the effort in to make it feel like a Western. Because I'm not a big Western guy. Like, I don't watch a whole lot of Western films. But I think that the thing about Westerns is that they really make you feel the West. Like, they make you feel the time period, and they really envelop you in it. And the other ones just sort of send you through it without making you a part of it. Whereas Red Dead Redemption uh, succeeds at doing that, at, at making you a part of it. I will say this about John Marston, though, and I'm sort of, sort of in the same boat as Eddie with uh, not having played very far into the game, but he seems way too nice. <laughs> yeah, he, he <laughs> is. He's like... He's talking to that lady. He, he is so polite. <laughs> he's, he's polite to her, but once he... When dealing with the other characters, he... he T- tends to be more of like gruff. 
Yeah, more grog. <laughs> I, I was hoping that, that his gloves would come off at some point. But so far, I was just like, wow, this guy is really, really congenial. I'd like to sit down with him and have a conversation about politics. <laughs> but that's cool, though, because it, it kind of makes him a more... He's less of a one-dimensional character, I guess. You know, he's not like Kratos. You know, he's a, he's a human <laughs> right. being. Like, he's a guy with thoughts about things, you know? <laughs> Well, it kind of breaks the mold of Western, too, because you think Western, you think Clint Eastwood, who's like, go ahead, make my day, oh, yeah, that kind of thing. And, but, but this guy, he's just like, he has to kill people, and he has to do things that would normally not be nice. But as he's doing it, it's almost as if he has a conscience about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, just... he's a character who's mo- who was, after he had moved on from his not-so-pretty life, he was forced back into it, so he's trying to not... I feel like he's trying to not lose himself back into what he once was, and at the same time try and stay that nice, like, honest farm farm man that he was trying to become. Right. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's certainly one of the most evolved games of May, and as you've heard, there were a ton of choices in May 2010. Don't be surprised if in January, when we're doing our year wrap-up, we all agree that this month could have been the biggest month of this gaming year. And with yes. that, that is the Versus Node replay of May 2010. For Dan Crabtree, Michael Murphy, Air Editor, Eddie Oranzato, I am Associate Editor, Jason Finelli. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 